Podnuts wants to thank everyone who supports the network by going to www.podnuts.com slash Amazon. Hey everybody, welcome to Geeksters episode 167. This is a show where we talk about all things computery and geeky. If there's a computer in it, at some point we're going to talk about it. Uh, my name is Martin Obano. I'm one of the hosts here, along with my my main men, Mitch and Tim. Before I get to those guys, though, I want to let you know that um, our good friends at RS Tech Team, I believe, released a product yesterday called Kabodo. Kabudu? Have you guys have you heard of that one? Just from the email. Yeah, Kabudu by Repair Tech Solutions. And this is one, uh, if you go there and you check it out, you look about it, look at what it does, it's going to help you grow as a small computer user. And why am I mentioning this from Repair Tech is because they're a great sponsor of Podnuts. They help us out. Um, I've met um, Ian. I got the chance to meet the team at ChannelCon. Uh, great group of guys. But this is a sh- this is a this is an application here that's going to help you detect any issues. It helps you manage your clients, notifications, monitoring, um, all kinds of triggers. And you can sign up right now and try it out for free. Uh, this just released yesterday. So if you're hearing this, um, we are recording on Thursday, August 27th. Wanted to throw this out there and let you guys know. Uh, it's I don't know how to pronounce it, so I apologize, Ian, but it looks like Kabuto. Kabuto. I don't. Know, it's K A B U T O dot I O. That's K A B U T O dot I O. Head on over there. There's a video. You can check it out. Sign up. Run it through the ringers um, and let them know what you guys think of it. But we want to uh, support. Repair Tech and the whole team there for uh, being sponsors and helping us out here at the Podnuts Network. Hey guys, what's happening? I'll go with Mitch this time. Well, I've been telling you for the last three or four months I was going to, was going to clone my uh, OCZN solid state rod to this, and I finally did it Saturday. And uh, I used to use Acronis, but I have an old version. I think I had some issues with some. Uh, solid state drives in the past, and uh, but it comes with a uh, cloning utility, uh, migration Samsung migration tool or something like that. And um, I did it right in Windows to uh, had a you know one of those USB toasters, so it only took about about forty one minutes, and uh, put it in the machine, and it's not booting up. What's going on? It doesn't see it. The BIOS doesn't see it. So I replug everything in. Finally, like three times, it started working. So I don't know what the deal was there. But unless I got some bad cables, but it's working fine now. So and uh, did the benchmark, and it's doing what it's supposed to do, which the yellow one did not. The OCZ, whatever I forgot what that was, which uh, I forgot I forgot what model that was. But I always had problems with getting decent benchmarks on the other one. This one does right; it's right on the mark. So I'm very satisfied. Very nice. Very this nice. Is yeah. The machine you're using now. Yeah. This, I'm on the same machine that I've always used for. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's working fine. That is two hundred. So I went from one twenty to two fifty gigabytes. Very nice. Yeah, it's good. Very nice. Yeah, I did not use the the Samsung one, but it looks like if you, it's called the Samsung Data Migration Software. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and they actually, they actually, I'll throw it in the, it'll be in the show notes. But it looks like you can just go right to that website and you can grab it and download it. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the migration software for free, the magician software. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, optimization stuff for your hard drive. I didn't put that on, but I'll do it eventually. Right. There is the firmware updates. Did you do any of that? No, but I think that's what you need for that, for the uh, magician software or whatever. Well, if I remember correctly, and this is from um, a friend of mine who is is in the music business. He writes, uh, you know, he's a composer for commercials and movies and stuff like that. They're, the the music, musicians need... 
um, you know, they they got to have music. It needs to be streaming. They're pulling from multiple tracks. Like they're, it's got to be fast. And right. any latency within SSDs, they'll notice because they're. I mean, it's just hammering those SSDs. I guess at one point Samsung had a bug in their SSDs that you needed to update the firmware, and then you got better results. Now, mm. I this was about a six to eight months, maybe even a year ago. I don't know if they're new software, you know, if they've refixed that in the code. And so now you're getting the latest firmware on, you know, if you and I were to buy a drive right now as opposed to a year ago. Um, but you can go from that same website and download the latest firmware um, for Macs and, and all that kind of stuff at the at the same place. So uh, I have never used that, that tool. And it's just, it's, so it's with, so here's a question. Do you, are you running your, you're, were you running your 128 live, installing this application on the 128, and it was just copying it to the 256, or did you have to boot? Did you need a third-party disk? You know what I mean? Did you need a third party so you can image from from? No, no it's a clone. A clone went right from the. I installed the software. I put this in my toaster, USB toaster, the the new one. Ran the utility, and I, I assume it's got a, it only work with. I don't know for sure, but I'm assuming it only works with. Like you know, your source drive. I mean, your destination drive. You know, it's going to be the Samsung. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to work on anything other but Samsung. But it it may. I don't know. Um, and it just just follow, just click on a button. And you click on start. You don't do anything. You just let it go. So it was an actual clone. I didn't put it anywhere. And the uh, talking about the magician soft the magician software. Uh, I was watching Kerry uh, Holzman. Holzman is doing these uh, building PCs, whatever, and mm-hmm. you know, he he swears by these, and he talked about that. You know, get that magician software because it'll optimize your drives automatically, your Samsung drives automatically. So I will do it. Maybe I'll do it after the show or something. Okay. Yeah, it says the migration software is for it's specifically designed for Samsung SSD products and available for any Samsung SSD product including the 470, 838, 40, 840 Pro, 840 Evo, 850 Pro, and Evos. And it says it's not compatible with other manufacturers' SSDs. So uh, this isn't, yeah, so this is not a tool that you could just buy and use Samsung to, you know, to clone from an OCZ to a Kingston or to a Crucial. You have to to go from whatever you have to a Samsung SSD. And it probably, their software probably looks for the firmware within the new SSD, Mm -hmm. but this is a if you know from from you know somebody with first hands on you know hands on experience, you don't have to worry about a Cronus or a Clonezilla. I mean, if you want to do those, of course, those are still available. But um, this may be just a quick and easy way for somebody just to to transfer. You don't have to have a third. You know, you don't have a third. Have to have a third party system out there. So you you know you don't have to take both drives out and you can do it live. Which yeah, is cool. right, right in the Windows environment. Because normally, I've always used, I've done hundreds of I'm not hundreds, but your Cronus. You know, you I did it with a boot up CD. You know, so you're not in a Windows environment. So this is the first right. time I ever did anything like this in a uh, Windows environment. Well, that is very cool. That's something that I see, and I haven't ran that. So, and you said that comes with the. Does yeah. it come on a, a CD? Yep. But you can my... download the you know the more probably the, probably the more recent version on their website. But I just yeah yeah you know. yeah the latest version is two point seven. I don't know if that's but that's a that's cool, Mitch. That's a great uh, great tip. And I'm glad it worked out well for you. And your computer didn't catch on fire and or, or yeah. cause uh, flooding. Only, shoot. The only bad thing, I have my the, the desktop, uh, the tower is underneath the computer. I've got a little shelf underneath there. I mean, I don't like keeping it on the rug, but I always puts you know elevate it 
and I got all these. I, yeah, I mean, it's only a matter of weeks or you know, a month or so from the next flood. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been about a year. I've been doing good. You know, so we're right on schedule. Hurry up, knock on some wood. Yeah, no, you're you're pretty much due, Mitch. There's your software. Okay, so it's the, got it's got both ones on there, but I only installed the uh, just the migration utility, and um, there's there there's the old piece of. I may work fine. It just didn't benchmark well the OCZ, but I mean, I, yeah. Why, I, I why is that? The age is that an older? There was S- um, yeah, it's, it was agility. There agility three. They did have. If you Google, you'll see they had a lot of problems with it. And and every time I checked for a firmware update, it would say. I, I mean, I run their utility would say I had the latest firmware. So okay, gotcha. But. Um, like Carrie was swearing these Samsung, he's never had one to go to go bad. <laughs> and that, I know um, <laughs> some of their better drives, they got like a ten year warranty on the uh, Samsungs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I went from a, a, a crucial M. Was this an M five fifty five hundred? Right, five fifty. Um, and this one wasn't the, bad. This yeah, they had good reviews too. The crucial stuff. Yeah, but I, you know, I've heard so many good things about the Samsung that that's you know. That's mm-hmm. the next one I put in here. That's what I went with. And I even I put the Samsung same thing in my uh, my wife's computer. Um, Teddy, who listens to our show, right. uh, when I when I merged her stuff from a 128 to 250, I got her the Samsung 850 Evo as well. So uh, that's kind of been my go-to for SSDs, and they just they're good. I've had no problems with them. I had some uh, I had some movies on here that I bought, and um, and I watched them through my t- my smart TV. You know, I had them on here. You know, through the sharing thing. And it, it played well. I mean, real well. Five point one digital surround sound, ten eighty p. No, I just got the four K. You know, I want to get a. I do want to get some kind of speakers for the. Uh, Samsungs are their internal speakers are a little bit better than some of the others, but still, sometimes when I'm watching stuff, it just it's low. But my 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 wife says we don't need it. I can hear fine, but but if I can't, you know, maybe my hearing's gone. But so we don't need no sound bar or anything. Well, for me, if I'm going to watch a movie through my Linux laptop going out through VGA to my 23-inch monitor, I want to make sure that I have it in 4K and digital surround sound. Good luck on that. Oh, yeah. Not VGA. Minimum. You know, man, that's how I I want want nothing but the best for my eyes. I like, I prefer 15.3. Oh. 15.3. Yeah, that's, well, it's it's a new standard. It it comes, it actually. It's so new that actually it's gone now. There's a a new standard now. (laughs) <laughs> it was. It actually happened during the show, and it's already gone. Yeah, it, it's fifteen point five now. They've upgraded it. It, it, it literally now. happened during this conversation, and now it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, it was a manufacturer uh, a war, and it wasn't adopted. So I think we're on to like twenty. We're on to twenty five points. Twenty five point B. <laughs> I had nothing. I was like waiting. <laughs> I was holding holding well, it in. Just be, have you ever? Tra- have you ever? Uh, have you ever considered? Keeping metric time. <laughs> metric time. Uh, That's okay. literally a real thing. And there was a there was a, a movement. I'm sure very very small and extremely geeky. I I don't know, but there was there was uh, you know a movement to actually keep metric time. And yeah, so it was. You know, 80 what does that after, even look like? Eighty after four o'clock on the you know yeah the thirty fifth day of April. I don't know something, but it was. And look it up. It's a real thing, and it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, so one of, okay, I looked it up, and I the first thing is a Wikipedia article, and the second one is Guide to Metric Time, and it's date stamped July 26, 1998. So, 
but here it is. Metric time is a measurement of time interval using the metric system, which defines the second as the base of all time. And multiple and sub-multiple units formed with the metric prefixes, such as kiloseconds and milliseconds. So if I click on Guide to Metric Time, and I go to this website that is actually um, built in 1998, um, and, it's, and it looks like uh, it's Zapponi, Z-A-P-A-T-O-P-I dot net. Uh, throw it here in the, and then dash or uh, slash metric time. So right now it's saying it's 37.2230. Uh, um, of course it is. Uh, and so, yeah, there you have it. So, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a logical extension of the metric system. However, it's an Ill, Ill, illogical application of it. Whereas the metric, the metric system, for example, it, it measures you know, mass or it measures distance. These are arbitrary things. It's not as if uh, our our unit of measurement is based on units, uh, subunits of you know, maybe the distance around the Earth. You know, some some kind of actual you know, it, uh, the, some actual thing. You know, a, for all, throughout all of history, our, our units of measurement have been very arbitrary things, like you know the length of uh, uh, what is it? I, I think from your wrist to your elbow, or, or, or some such thing, or you know, or a furlong, whatever that is. You know, all these, so it was very easy to apply these new ones. That it's okay. We're just going to do this now, and it makes just as much sense as the old one, except it makes more sense. But you can't do that with time. T time is. Time is it's 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 all based on the the rotation of the Earth around the Sun. You, it, it's not as if that's very easily divided up into ten. And, and for crying out loud, if you can't get people to adopt kilometers, which actually makes it actually makes your whole life easier. I don't want to say it, but I mean the whole thing divisible to ten by ten. Well, why why would we want to go on this ridiculous thing over here of, of sixty you know, sixty fourths and, and and base twelve and, and on it. It's insanity. Why wouldn't you want? But no, we resist it. So this this uh, this metric time. It's uh it, it was actually sent up in an episode of The Simpsons once, and it was pretty humorous. So, but anyway, yeah, metric time. Yeah, because it sounds like you divide the day is divided into a hundred parts, are called centi days, and then plus decimal fractions as a percent. So right now my local metric time or LMT would be fifty-eight dot, and it's counting up to a five, two hundred six, two hundred seven, two hundred eight. So right now, if you ask me what time it is, I tell you, oh, it's fifty-eight. Is that and then you say is that LMT or UMT, and I'd say, oh, it's thirty-seven UMT, fifty-eight LMT, and you would know exactly what time it is because apparently it's fifty-eighth of a hundred. I don't know. My head hurts. And, and actually, and you know what the application is here is that our system of time works if you're if you're dealing with other Earth-based humans. But once you get outside, you know, the solar system, and you're dealing with different planets revolving around different suns, that's that's where things can get. I mean, look, we can barely schedule this thing, and we're what you know, it's it's Pacific we're only time. three hours Eastern apart. Time. It's like a, it's a complete disaster. Three hours. I mean, what if uh, you know you're on the other side of uh, the universe? It would we would probably need metric time. Right. Well, I, you know, I, I for so long worked in the medical field, and my wife, my wife does work in the medical field, and I have all my clocks set to 24-hour time. Right. And so then I get in her vehicle, and she hates it, and I move all of her clocks to 24-hour time. So I have a hard enough time teaching my wife to to use 24-hour time. She uses it all the time. She uses it at work. She just doesn't like it. And so my kids always go. I say, "What time is it?" And I'm like, "It's 15:13." Uh, and they stop and they look at me. I'm like, "3:13." Oh, okay. Like, come on, guys, work with me here. I think we should just switch. That's my vote. My vote is to switch to 24-hour time across the board, because that way you don't show up at 7 p.m. for a 7 o'clock meeting. I'm okay with that if uh, 
if it starts at like 6 a.m. or something because it's stupid that the times that we deal with are are are, are going to be are you know in the in afternoon. I mean, so much of the the time that we're dealing with is now going to be have an extra digit. The loss of productivity across the across the planet Earth is going to be insane. <laughs> so you know, if we make like I don't know, six o'clock, make that make that oh hundred hours. Well then, let's see that. I don't think that would work. So. Anyway. Time. It's a, it's a waste of time. Yeah, it keeps on ticking into the future. So anyway, I'm here. I, I don't think I got introduced. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey guys, ladies and gentlemen, the fabulous, the wonderful, the man with the plan, Tim Byermeister. Okay, so everybody, that's that's who I am. And I, I following up on what Mitch was talking about, um, imaging the OneDrive to the next. I uh, I have a completely different story that has nothing to do with that, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is a okay, segue segueish uh, a material here. When I installed Windows 8 initially um, on this machine, I did a, I did a fresh I did a clean install of Windows 7, and then I uh, upgraded Windows 8 successfully. Oh, not 10. Or I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> Windows. It doesn't even matter anymore, does it? No, not really. Windows 7, and I I did the upgrade to Windows 10. I got you. Isn't that funny? Upgrade like Windows 8. I think I would do that. Windows 10, and I did it on a, a 750 gig spinning drive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, I like this. I'm going to keep it for a little bit. And I had that 120 gig SST. And I said, well, I want to use that. I want to see how, you know, uh, actually, do, because up until now, I just had that SST working in a laptop. Uh, I really wasn't seeing the uh, the benefits of, of the speed. It was an older laptop. But I said, I, I want to use that SST. So, excuse me. So the problem is I had, I had a, uh, I think, I think I partitioned that that spinning drive, 250 gigs maybe I think from the from the OS. I don't know. I'm making up numbers here, but it but it was considerably larger than than the entire size of the SSD. So Windows has a nice feature that where you can uh, you can resize partitions, but it doesn't go far enough. Um, and you know, and for example, I'm looking at uh, now. I tell you what, what it does do, it, it does pretty well, but it, but you're pretty limited, um, and so. I mean, for example, as I'm looking at this currently on this SSD, there's only 30, roughly speaking, there's only 30 gigs that are quote unquote used. Um, however, if I were to shrink the partition, I'm limited to a partition that's 51 gigs. It's like, well, why is that? Because you know, there's there's like I should be able to resize it down to you know a hair over 30 gigs if I wanted to, and no, I wouldn't want to. But why can't I res- why can't I resize it down? So so what I was able to do, I was able to resize the partition that I had down, but I was never able to get it down below that 120 gig mark, which is what I needed. Um, and so this is like this is a great application of a product that I've mentioned a number of times, and I've always forgotten to mention this. But um, Ultimate Defrag, I love this product; it's great. I've always used it for um, this is back in the day, but speeding up. There's old machines, there's old P4s that grandma would have, and it'd sit there just grind and grind and grind and grind. It's like, what's that harder? What's that, what's that harder doing? I mean, you clean all the junk out, but it's just grind and grind and grind. Well, Ultimate Defrag, it you can you can reorder the files on the platters in any which way you want, and so and generally what I do, it's 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 you know a percentage of often or recently used files, I, I shoot out to the edge of the of the drive. Percentage of the files that haven't been accessed in forever, they just get sent to the center of the drive. And uh, using that tool, what I, 
what I can what I was able to do first of all is I was able to determine what was the problem what was Windows running up against that it could not resize down uh, beyond that point and what I was able to do is I was able to uh, set 100% of the data to be uh, reordered to the edge of the drive which is the beginning of the partition and I was then able to uh, use the Windows uh, and disk manager I was able to use that feature to then resize it down below 120 gigs if that if that makes sense what I'm doing. but I, I love I love the product it's a great product I think there's a free version of it it's a uh, www www it's on there on this internet <laughs> www it's a disktricks.com d-i-s-k-t-r-i-x I don't get any money from these people I just I love their product I've used it forever and it's just such a neat thing. But anyway, that's that's the whole thing about using Win. Now you get into a you know Linux environment. Well, the uh, all those Windows files they're now you know uh, Linux has complete control over. When you're actually running Windows, and I'll tell you what the files were. First of all, they were it, without it having without actually you know running this product. If you do try and resize the partition and you can't, um, if if it's like unless unless it's a bad idea, um, the problem is probably the uh, Page files too large, and the um, it's it, which that's actually uh, that's not likely the problem. Likely is the, uh, the system restore points. Mm -hmm. So if you disable system restore, uh, delete those points, reboot, and then bring Windows back up, you can probably resize that partition uh, down using the tool in uh, Windows Disk Management. Once that's done, then you can uh, re-enable. Restore. I don't. That's not necessarily a very good idea because those system restore points are kind of nice to have. But anyway, I, I, I want to throw that out because I did image the drive to the SSD, and I and I, and I needed that tool to actually make that happen without without booting up into a Windows environment. Cool. Yeah, very nice. You're talking about system restores and and things blocking you. Um, the, over the last probably two days, I've been getting an email from one of my disc servers. Block. Oh, disblocked. Yeah. I got disblocked. Disblocked. Anyway, um, over the last couple of days, I've been getting an email from from my antivirus telling me that this one server was not uh, had like loss of communication on the antivirus. So I jumped in, took a look at it, and realized that the definitions were about two days old. Mm. And uh, that was, and I thought, okay, I'm I'll, I'm going to reboot the computer after hours and and get to it. And then things happened, and I didn't get a chance to. So last night I was I was downstairs on my phone, and I thought, well, let me. Let me jump in, take a look. And as soon as I jumped in, the first thing that popped up, load disk space on a server. Uh, so I took a look at it, and of course now I'm it, I have like 1.2 megs of free disk space on the on the C drive. So I don't I don't dare reboot this thing remotely without uh, me being on site because the, it may not come back. So I run the disk disk cleanup tool, and it gets rid of about 100 megs. I'm like, okay, now I'm up to 102 megs of free disk space. Or uh, I'm like, well, you know. Now I got some room. Let me grab D7. Grab my D7. Throw it on there. Doesn't take that much space. And then in D7 under maintenance mode, I can go through and I told to clean out um, temp files, uh, empty empty directories. What temp files? Log files? No. Cookies, history, temp files, and then defrag startup items. And and it does it through all the accounts. So that's one of the things that I really like about that D7 is that oh, I don't. That is nice. Some you know some tools. If you go in and you run it, you're only cleaning out your temp files from the pro, from the user you're logged in as. Um, so I ran this, and I, it cleaned out 22 gigs worth of information. 
all Chrome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> rebooted, or rebooted the server? You know, said update, update, uh, antivirus, definitions updated, no way I was done, but I wasn't about to reboot a server with 1.2 megs of free oh, space. No, available. that's, no, that's crazy. So what, what, what was the launch share of this crap? Oh, that was it. I just used uh, the D7, just... But I, but I, what was it? What was this garbage? What twenty two? It was all temp files and yeah, temper probably temporary NF files because for a while there somebody had been using it as this as jumping in and and looking up some stuff and doing some research on it and so they probably I just cleaned it all up. But gotcha. Hey, I you know what I did want to ask you. Um, have you tested uh, or have you heard anything about GFI Windows Ten? Any issues there? Not that I know of. I haven't tested it out. Um, but I haven't seen anything that I, I, you know, I haven't seen anything that says don't use it. I'm, I'm, I would imagine that it would work just fine. Actually, did I? I'm not sure if I threw it on my test doc. I, you know what? I think I may have even thrown it on my test Windows 10, and it just installed fine. No, actually, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, there was two things that I would have installed: GFI, and then my Screen Connect. Screen Connect on Windows 10, no problem. I don't remember GFI, but I don't see well, GF 10 is built on the 8 core. So I don't see why there would be any issue with it. I can test it out though. That's that's my I, homework. I, I, well, I, I was just curious. I mean, you answered the question, so that's. Uh, I was just curious if there were any uh, any any collisions. Um, not that I've heard of. Uh, I would have heard about it. I know Liam uses GFI. Um, some other people that I can't remember. I don't, when I was thinking Jeff Hallish did, but I don't. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure. That's true. I definitely know Liam, and I, I would. I haven't heard from him saying, "Hey, GFI has exploded Windows 10." Um, so, yeah, that's and that was really actually, and I was having not used Windows 8 much. Um, coming from Windows 7 to Windows 10, I was really pleased with how many, really all of the the, the software that I use day in day out. It just installed, it worked just like I expected it, and you know, uh, my issues so far have been driver related. Which I, you know, you're gonna have that. It's Windows. It's new. Um, that's that's kind of par for the course. But I was I was actually very very pleased with the software that I use day in day out. I installed it, ran. It was like, oh, how nice. Yeah. Um, and that's coming from Windows Seven, so I, you know, I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just quickly looking. Um, GFI has got a blog, um, gfi.com/blog, and they're talking about the things you need to know for Windows 10. And it just talks about everything we've kind of talked about. You know, how long it's free, what you can do, the rollback, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I haven't come across anything that pretty much said GFI is not ready. I would assume that um, with GFI, with I will. Here's the thing. I would assume with the um, long amount of beta that Windows 10 had out, yeah. that that major players, uh, especially antivirus players, would have all of their stuff ready to go. I, they better have right. And actually, one of the things about GFI today that I that I came across is um, that now the okay, so GFI partnered with Bitdefender. So originally GFI used Viper as their AV. Now you can choose Bitdefender and the nine dot nine nine point ten, which was in RC for a long time with Bitdefender, is now out of RC. And I just pushed it out. Um, so now all my clients are using the Bitdefender backbone instead of Viper. And it, it ran some scans today and actually um, worked out well. So Viper was a good product. I mean, what, uh, I, yeah, well, why? So I, why, I don't know. I think they just gave you a choice. I mean, why you? Why me? Um, why not? I could have stick with Viper. I didn't have any reason to move over. Um, just testing it. Okay. Just testing it out. I do remember when Viper was first on the scene, it wasn't very good. And then Computer Associates bought Viper 
because I think we at the time the company I was working for had the kind of the the managed AV of Computer Associates or Viper. Um, actually, Computer yeah, because com they had the managed AV of Computer Associates and it was awful. It couldn't. I mean, it it couldn't catch anything. And then I moved it over to catch a cold. It, yeah, it couldn't catch a side of a barn. Um, then I moved over to a company that is still uh, a, still a client of mine today, and they were using Viper, and they were always getting infected. So then okay. I think things bought each other, and uh, they improved on Viper, and have had no luck with have had good luck with Viper, and then Computer Associates either teamed up or I'm assuming they didn't buy Bitdefender, uh, not Computer Associates. I apologize, GFI, but I know they teamed up, and now they're using that as their um, their managed. Uh, their their AV one of their one of their AV products. You can choose which one to deploy. And I thought, well, let me Great. give let me give Bitdefender. So, so they're giving an option. Yeah, there's an option whether or not you want to use Viper or Bitdefender. That's okay. Well, very good. Yeah, and I've um, have clients on their mail program, their spam filter, been working great. And then I just spoke to a client uh, rep the other day who they have a um, what's called Max Desk, and that's kind of their ticketing system. It integrates with um, it integrates with uh, uh, what's the Google QuickBooks, uh, both front and back, which means that I can jump into Max Desk and see my clients' payments rather than having to give my accountant a call, or I can run reports based off of Max Desk as opposed to giving my account accountant a call and having her run some payment reports for me. Um, so that's I, I'm looking at a trial of that and seeing how that works, and that's actually pretty. It's actually not very expensive either. So very cool. Speaking of Windows 10. Uh, during the show last week, David uh, Mitchison was on the show, and one of the things that he brought up was that the RSAT, um, it's called the, uh, it's the remote uh, server administration tools were not available for Windows 10, and right after the show, if not a couple days after, um, they released the, the show, uh, the, that tool. And what that is, is if you're on a domain, um, what this will allow you to do is install these tools on your local machine, and then open them up, and then you can modify and manage things like your DHCP, your uh, network policy, your routing and remote access. So it gives you the tools on your local machine to modify the domain as opposed to jumping into the domain controller and doing it that way. It's just a... I remember doing it when I, when I had it on uh, my systems when I was working in a couple of enterprise places. It just allowed me to be... I was more efficient because I had the local tools right then and there. So... I just wanted to throw that out there that um, Microsoft has released the uh, those tools for Windows 10. Very good. And you've been using now Windows 10 for a week. Well, both of you guys have been using it a lot more than I have. Well, and, and it's still not. I, I don't use it a lot. I just have it on the two PCs down here. So I have it on the recording machine. That's the only time I use it. Yeah, and then um, on the Stell, which I haven't had turned on in over a week. So I don't use it a whole lot, to be honest. I mean, I need to turn those privacy features off too. I mean, I think I got it all on here on the laptop, but I haven't done it on the Dell yet. But I and will. Tim, oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I'm saying I will do it. I just haven't got around to doing it. Right. And Tim, has it been your kind of primary system for a while? Uh, primary system, no. And I, I'm rolling it back. I, I have to just because you know, this this is uh, this machine kind of gets used for a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but mostly it's just podcasting, and, and it's just been uh, setting up dual monitors has, has been a, a hair-pulling process. It, it, the show's late today because we couldn't get a, a stinking microphone to work right. It's, for some reason, a USB microphone just, I don't know. It's, I'm sure it's in a little sound setting somewhere, but you know, it's like 
uh, do we really feel like messing with this for the show? No, it's like I like to have a box that's just on, come down, sit down, and just use it. And so, um, you know what? If the thing, if the thing just was doing everything that I need to do, you know, bam, 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 I, I feel very satisfied with. It. I'd probably keep using it. Um, but no, it's it's getting rolled back because I, this needs to be 100% no issue, no issue machine. Um, I'm still not really sold. I, I like the fact that everything works. Like I said, I was installing software, and it's like, wow, this works. And, and I feel like there are things about it that I like, um, but I I just I just can't get past this feeling that this thing was designed by committee. And so when you click something, you never know if you're going to get the old, you know, the traditional a, a traditional Windows looking menu or a or a, a new. Um, you know, the tablet looking menu. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I don't understand, why isn't there just a switch, you know? I want, just throw a switch. And so everything I click comes out looking like a, uh, you know, looking like a traditional Windows menu. Or if, if you like, you know, I, 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 I just, that to me, that to me is, is, uh, it's just cheesy, really. I, I suppose that once you get around it, you, you'll know what to expect. But why, I, I don't understand why I feel like, yeah, it kind of uh, throws one GUI at me. Or, 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 it's kind of like it's kind of like using Windows to do, to do and then uh, um, I, I click on uh, computer management, and, and all of computer management or disk management is in uh, you know the old media center interface. It's like, wait, wait, why would it do that? You know, and all, certain things are like that. It's like it's kind of easy scratching my head. So. Um, I, so is that? I mean, I'm just going to ask you kind of an honest question here. So is that just a? Well, I'll give you an honest answer. Well, <laughs> and I would expect so. Is that just a? I mean, are you having issues with? And I'm going to because I have not messed with it very much. Are you having issues with Windows 10 because it's just not as intuitive and they keep moving things around, or is it just a to you like you said, or is it just a kind of a just it's not stable? You're not having a good time with it, or? Could it be option number three that if it's not intuitive and it's not usable and you have to go hunting and pecking, then therefore it's not stable because how are you going to be efficient on it? I, I, I don't I don't feel that I have either of those issues. I I, I felt I do I felt that it was intuitive. I actually feel like there's things where they finally belong. Like when I right click on the start button, it's like boom. Programs and features, power options, event viewer, system, device manager. It's like this manager. It's like that oh, came in Windows 8.1. They put that 8.1, back. Okay, all right. And you know what? That is a you know right click on the good. start menu, task manager. Boom. It's like oh, you know all that stuff is right where I feel like it finally belongs instead of uh, um, having to take a few different steps to get at it. Um, so no, I I think that as far as being intuitive, I think it's just as intuitive. As you sit somebody down at, a, at any new OS, I think this is just as intuitive as any of them. And if they're, if they're familiar with Windows, this will be even more intuitive. Um, I, I don't have any issue the way it works uh, other than, I believe, a few driver issues, which you're going to have with let's say, you know, any new version of Windows. I would say that the driver issues are fairly tame compared to some of the uh, Windows versions we've seen in the past when they first came out. Just, uh, um, but I, uh, I just don't. It's just it, like, like I said, it's just kind of bizarre. You know, if if I if I bring up, uh, you know, uh, so uh, what is this thing? Uh, it was a good example. It was one. Um, how about okay? So if I right click on the desktop and choose Display Settings, okay, I get the new menu. 
I get the new tablet you know, for lack of, I, I know that that's an ignorant thing to say. I don't know what to call it. Is it the, like get, the old Metro uh, or Metro uh, interface type thing? It's yeah, yeah. unfortunate. You're that's what's what it's going to be now. It's like, well, that's fine, but make everything that, make make everything this or make everything that or give me a switch to make everything this or make everything that. You, but you, if, you can but still download time, the classic every, shell, I believe. From but, but every Windows time, 10. What's that? I think you can still download the classic shell for Windows Ten. Well, but every time I choose a setting, I don't know if I'm going to get the old menu or this new kind of menu. And I don't know. It's and the thing is, is that it doesn't feel like this. It doesn't feel like this thing is fully cooked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you played with. Like, you know, it's it's it, it's it feels like it was done by committee. You have a group over here that was making the old Windows kind of get it up to speed, and then you have the, the you know all the new whatever new new stuff they're going to have. You know, they they pile that over, but you click. You, in these settings, and you never know what window you're going to get, and it just comes off as really cheesy to me. So, is it is it a problem or is it an issue? No, I mean you figure it out. It just seems uh, I don't know. I don't know if you messed around with the Edge browser, which it is fast. However, trying to change some settings yeah, in there. Yeah, it took me to nine night. It what? It took me to nine night. Nine night. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it worked fabulous. It took me right to nine night, and I got everything. I got my Chrome. Well, <laughs> uh, I tried to set it up to start up with a, with Chrome. I mean Google. And oh yeah, try to change the homepage. Yeah, it was. It took me forever to figure that out. It was not real to me. It was not intuitive at all. Well, you know why? It's because the, this is the, this is the one thing I have messed with that is that because there's no apply button. You change your homepage yeah, like and on then that's and it. Off or it's, like it's a, supposed to just. It's supposed to just. You're done typing and that's it. It applies it as you're typing it. So then you just go back and then that's it. You're done. But there's no. Okay. There's no apply. There's well, no there cancel. Was, there was a thing in there I had to do, um, and I thought I had it in there. You got to click like apply. I forgot what exactly what it did. I just got it by accident because it's got when you first open up, it's it's got this all these you know, news fees or whatever, which I didn't want any any of that. You know, it was on the same page. Um, I mean, I finally got it, but not that I was going to use it. I just wanted to set it up the way I would like to set it up. But. Right. Well, while you guys were talking about this, Tim, I, I and I had forgotten that we had mentioned these two sites a while ago. Um, one is Chasms, C H A S M S dot com, and is that what? Uh, and then the one is NetworkOverload.com. If you go to there, there are the two sites that have stim, uh, simulators. <laughs> simulators. Simulators. I know simulators on them. So Windows 10, um, you know, different, different versions of Mac, Ubuntu tablets. Um, so. Network Overload does not have a simulator yet for Windows 10, but the other one does. I think they do. It just doesn't work. No, just kidding. <laughs> so I forgot that. So if anybody wants to look at what Tim, because I couldn't remember exactly what you were looking at, Tim. So I have headed over there, went to Windows 10, opened it up and said, oh, that's right. You go from the personalized, the right-click menu looks the same as the same one as Windows 7, but then you go to personalize, and all of a sudden it's in this weird bubbly interface now. And which one do you, you know, what do you, what are you going to get? Yeah, and so that's the thing. Is it a problem? No. Is is uh, maybe my nitpicking? I don't know. It just it just seems it just seems half baked. You know, if I click and I bring up a settings menu, I, I just I, I I would almost expect that all all the windows could look about the same. Almost the difference in you know when Windows XP or Windows Seven. If you had all the all the little bling on, you know, it would be the difference between that or uh, setting. Um, your uh, the appearance settings to, to like uh, whatever it was called Windows Classic or 
you know, whereas just, you know, real straightforward white and blue. How do we know if it has that? Windows 10 has that anymore, I don't, or does it? Uh, Windows, Windows 7 kind of did away with it. Windows 7, Windows 7 had something kind of like the old Windows, the old Windows classic, when you, you know, when you think of the old Windows 95, um, that, but they called it something else, and then I, Windows 8 they did away with it. As, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And Windows 8, when you right-click on the desktop, Windows 8.1, right-click on the desktop and go to Properties, you get what you get in Windows 7. And then in Windows 10, they had the menu look the same, but the next step is completely different. Yeah, I don't think you can get back to the... Like, when you're making your settings, you know, like to turn that Wi-Fi thing off or the uh, network sharing or any, any of the normal stuff. It's just it's not the same. Everything looks different. And I don't think you can you can get that back. I might be wrong, but... Well, one of the tools that you may be able to get it back with, and I have no idea because I have not tried this yet, is called Windows, the Ultimate Windows Tweaker for Windows 10. Mm. And this came out from Ghacks, uh, and it's the it says the Ultimate Windows Tweaker is a long-standing tweak software for Windows operating system. Previous versions available for Vista 7, 8, most recent Ultimate. Um, but anyways, it has this. It it goes through these walkthroughs, and it allows you to change a whole mess of stuff. Um, I have not used this. I don't know much about it. I read as going through these, going through these, uh, the reviews below it and people talking about it. Um, you have to go through there. One person said, "Oh, my antivirus showed it as malware," and the other person says, "False positive. Mine didn't." Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was just one of the things that uh, I, I came across. But check that out. I have no idea if you what you can do with it, um, but but on the left-hand side, it ha- it does have some menus in there. System information, customiz- customization, user accounts, performance, security and privacy, Internet Explorer, context menu, additional, and then about. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't just know. Just make it easier just download Windows Classic Shell, and it is it does say it works with Windows 10. But will Windows Classic Shell... But that's just a, that's just an interface. You're right, not exactly. dealing you're not dealing with the privacy issues or the the wireless sharing or any of that stuff. So you still have to go into Windows oh, yeah, to yeah. modify those. Classic Shell is just uh, you know yeah just a parent. So the thing I'm crying about the thing yeah yeah Classic Shell is not going to help Tim's tears. No, I, but I, th- I I still think things will they're going to look normal. I would think with it. Well, but I don't I don't know because it's a band aid. It's a band aid. Come on, let's get it right. Anyway, well, do they have- I, I would, I, I, you know what? Look, I'm, the bottom line is, it's very usable. I, I wouldn't tell anybody not to install it. If you know, with, with well, all you the, did about with, Windows eight point one. With all the caveats, yeah, with all the caveats, I would say, you know what? You know, I, 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 I don't think anybody could. I, like my mom, I, my mom could install it and she could use it. And so, you know, I, I feel very comfortable telling people, hey, try it out, whatever. Uh, so, I, I, I don't have to tell people no, stay away from it. You know, just if you see it, just kill it with fire. You know, it's no, it's it, it's okay. So you know, I, I I'm satisfied with it that way. I if if uh, this thing was functioning just like my Windows seven, you know, the Windows seven, I, I'd keep using it. I you know, I'm perfectly satisfied with it. And I I think that uh, you know, there's things about it that don't that just seem weird, and I've I haven't really I haven't really formed a, a, an opinion of yet. Um, but I would uh, you know, it's, it, there's nothing here that's that's just you know breaking my heart here. And I, I would actually really like to try it on a, on a tablet because I, I think that it, I think that it would probably, uh, I think that I, I think I'd enjoy using it on a tablet. And and like I said, it the thing can it can install and run um, small. 
uh, I, I mentioned this uh, a week or two ago that I, I installed it on a, on a P4 machine with uh, a gig of RAM. Wow. I mean, it wasn't pretty, but you know what? It ran just as well or maybe even slightly better than XP, that, that, that uh, mm -hmm. you know, a clean install of XP. So, I, you know what? Several versions out, you know, XP was... Uh, was that 2000, 2001? It was like, it was like 14, 15 years ago. Um, you know what? Obviously, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. And that machine, it would just be unusable. And so would XP. Uh, so, you know what? I, I think that really says something for the OS. And, yeah, you know, whatever. Well, uh, you know, I've used Classic Shell, and I've also, a lot of people, when they have Windows 8 and they want to go back, I've been recommending the Start, start 8 by Stardock. They now have a Windows 10 version. Okay. So if you go over to Stardock, S-T-A-R-D-O-C-K, um, same price, five dollars. You can you can kick it back to a. Uh, it doesn't look like it can go. They can go all the way back to Windows Seven, but it gives you the brings back everything that uh, Start Eight would be able to bring back. You can't like they couldn't. If you I bet you if you right clicked on the you got your Start menu back with the you know Start button if you will, and you can make it look like Windows Seven the menus. But if you right clicked and went to Personalize, I bet you they can't change that. They can't bring back. You know the, the what you were talking about, Tim. They can bring back. They can change the start menu and how that all works. But uh, um, so that's over at Stardock. And I've you know I've had I've sent a lot of people their way and um, who didn't like the Windows 8 interface. They just wanted to they wanted to bring it back to um, a classic, if you will, interface. Jeez, a bunch of whiny complainers. That's all it is. Speaking well, of complaining, I don't like Windows 8. I don't like Windows 8 looks. I know. Yeah. Well. Speaking of complainers, you made you you. I cried the other day um, because right. I well I said that I there was a couple things that were holding me back from moving to, to Firefox from Chrome, and one was the start menu, because they I didn't they didn't have that or not the start menu my start screen remember? Yeah, I know it's okay. I cried, so I, I want to let you know that I, I read the next web is now reporting that Firefox is going to be able to run Chrome extensions. So I can stick with Firefox and yet really? still use my extensions, and my tears are dry now. Is that right? That's the rumor. Oh, that is let, me, let me open up that web page and check yeah, it out. So wow, it says big changes is... are coming to Firefox. And right now, because Firefox, what is it, XP, XPI is for Firefox, and you know every one of them has their own different extensions. Well, Opera has been able to use Chrome Firefox or Chrome extensions for a long time, but Firefox... Uh, extensions and Chrome have not been able to work together. Well, now with Firefox, um, when on to beginning September 22nd with the release of Firefox 41, yeah, 41, I remember when it was like 9, and then all of a sudden it jumped to 20 the next day. Uh, Firefox changes just about as fast as the uh, surround sound does. Um, well, that's a fact. So it says the new web extensions API is Blink compatible and should mean that developers can port their extensions between Chrome, Opera, and Firefox and Microsoft Edge with only a small amount of changes. So there you go. It is expected that Firefox 43, which will include the new API, will be released on December 15th. From there, unmodified extensions will continue to function for six months, after which the company will remove the compatibility score for them. Interesting. So that is going to be... Uh, pretty cool because now you can take extensions that are on, hopefully they're going to be able to allow you to go back and forth with them. Uh, if not, I, you know, here's my, I'm, I'm looking into the crystal ball, but the reason Chrome came out and the reason Chrome did very well is because it was small, had a small footprint. Um, people started using it. It started to get bloated. I am a victim of that with, you know, bad 
bad audio. And now, but the problem was is that I had lived in Chrome. I had Chrome for so long that I had it all set up the way I wanted to and not the same plugins. You know, there are some plugins that copied over, but not everything copied over. And so I was I was struggling with that. Well, now, now that Firefox is much smaller, runs much smoother, um, you know, now I can hopefully, probably along with other people, maybe make the transition from Chrome to a smaller thing and still keep those same extensions and still be able to use your, uh, be pro- you know, be productive. Now, I, I was talking about this deal with Chrome, and just in case any of the listeners are, are kind of in the same boat as my friend, but he, he, he called BS. He's like, there's nothing wrong with Chrome. He said, I got 15 tabs open. Everything's running perfectly. You know, you're all crazy. Now, of course we're not because it's just because just because he doesn't have the plague doesn't mean the plague doesn't exist. I mean that that that's the rationale there. But you know the thing is is that yes, Chrome you can open up 15 tabs, you can open 30 tabs, and and do a little thing, and then you're closing them out, and then you're opening them again, and then you're you're closing the window. This the issue with Chrome is if you just have a single tab open, but it's a tab doing a lot of stuff. And the issue uh, is exacerbated over time. It, it, it's almost compounding. And so, uh, you know, what we're doing here, Chrome would be fine. The, the first half hour will be fine. The first hour, everything's fine. Once we got into, like, I mean, you figure the time that it takes. When you when you would open a browser window, when you would uh, send the invitations out, all the, all the pre-show stuff on the show, it's probably a good hour and a half before we would get to the point in the show where Chrome would just start to buckle. Under the amount of memory that it was uh, hogging out, and you know the solution is we'll just close Chrome, and that's that's I've had people tell me, hey, what's going on here? What is this? This doesn't work. My, da, da, da. you know, I'm like, well, close Chrome and then reopen it. Like, wow, it's like brand new. It's like, yeah, I know. That's 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 kind of a shame, but I mean, that's that's the fix. We can't really do that in the middle of what we're doing here. No. And so, um, you know. Can Chrome be used? Absolutely. Can you have all your tabs open, millions of tabs? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're just going to periodically want to close them out and and close um, not just the individual tabs, but close everything uh, Chrome out periodically and reopen. I mean, doing that, you'll never experience, uh, you know, the issue. Um, but it's... Uh, Anyway, that that's that's the deal. So if anybody if anybody listening is calling BS, that's I mean that's the deal. So right, and well, and you know, and Chrome made some changes. And if you need proof, just go back a few episodes, listen toward it, the end. Yep, you don't even have to really, go back it, that far. It, it, it was really funny for a while. Then after a few episodes of it, it, it just wasn't so funny anymore. Right. Well, and you know what Chrome does, whether you're using, and I'm using, and so people say, well, maybe I'm it's because I'm using Windows 10 or Windows 8.1. I'm using Linux. I have, you know, I've got a pretty streamlined machine, an i7 with 16 gigs of RAM in it. But Chrome opens up, you know, Chrome opens up different instances of different for different tabs. Now it's a good thing because then you can have a tab crash and not bring down the whole system, which right. has happened, you know, which is what used to happen in the past. But the problem is, is now you have different instances open and you're doing things in duplicate. Um, there was a product that I have on my Chrome that I still use. It's called Tab Suspend. Um, I believe that's the. Um, let me find my my tools here. Where are my tools? What are they called? Extensions? Bookmarks? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tab Suspend or something along those lines, which then would, after a certain amount of time, actually suspend that tab. Then you can go back to it, click on it, and it'll open up again. That seemed to have helped because I do have a client who was complaining about Chrome. That was what she was so used to Chrome and had all of her programs and extensions in Chrome, and she wanted to use Chrome couldn't switch over to Firefox without it being more inconvenient. So I gave her this. This seems to work better. Having her close down Chrome at night 
Uh, and hopefully, you know, in the future, all of that will all of that will change, and we'll be able to uh, use you know use Firefox or use the browser of our choice. And this will cause more browser wars, and which means people are going to have to start streamlining their browser. I leave leave Chrome open overnight. It's like well, she would. I told her not. I, to. I, it's like you might as well. Let's you might as well just leave your car running in the garage all night. Hey, I didn't tell her to. Um, it was called. I believe it was called Tab Suspend. Let me look here. No, The Great Suspender. That's what it's called. Oh my gosh, what a name. It says automatically suspends unused tabs to free up system resources. The Great Suspender. Uh, I'd, like kind of see, I'd like to see belt and suspenders. So some tabs it suspends and other tabs it just like, you get like belt a knockout, knockout sound. As it just That's right. MSN, MSNBC is taking up too many system resources. Ching. <laughs> Were you gonna say something, Mitch? I I wear since I gained quite a bit of weight. <laughs> I half the time I wear suspenders. Don't have more now, but I I do wear suspenders. Speaking of the great suspender. <laughs> oh, that kind of sounds a whole lot like Tim era in your era. Segway earlier. I've got a story about that too, and it's not really anything like it. But uh, yeah. here. It's yeah. It's just like that as long as you don't pay too much attention or think about it much. The great suspender. Can I? Is that what we're gonna call you now? I don't oh, that's, a good, that, that's probably not a good thing, huh? You, uh, you call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. That's right. Call me maybe. Wait, no. That sounds like a a song. I should write a song about that. Um, do you guys watch Mr. Robot? Yes. And it's the. Uh, I think last night was the finale, wasn't it, for this season? Well, I well see. I haven't seen them all yet, but I heard that they were pushing back the finale due to the shooting yesterday. Um, oh, I didn't hear about that. Oh, because it was. I think it was supposed to air last night, and like maybe it didn't because we don't watch it. We watch it the next day or whatever. Right. Oh, so I was told that they suspended it due to the um, Virginia shooting. The, the yeah, reporter. the one with the the other reporter. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so I don't know. Yeah. Horrible. So. Tim, you you shook your head. Do you not? Do you watch Mr. Robot? Uh, no, I've heard you guys talked about it, but I, I no, I haven't. I haven't started watching that yet. All right, Tim, you cannot come on the show again until you watch Mr. Robot. And if uh, well, no, uh, if Mr. Knucklehead Tech is also listening, he needs to stop what he's doing and watch Mr. Robot too. We've had some conversations back and forth, and he hasn't seen that as well. So, if you watch Mr. Robot and you think it's awesome, then please stay tuned. If you're not, uh, if you have watched Mr. Robot and you have not thought it was awesome, which that's very terrible English, then you may just want to turn this off. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Anyways, a website called HackerTarget.com did a thing about exploring the hacker tools of Mr. Robot. This is one of the shows where uh, I'm I'm not a hacker. I have used some of these programs in the past. Uh, There's probably people out there who, you know, who have used these programs for legitimate reasons, of course. Um, But they, they show, remember, well, first off, in The Matrix, uh, when Trinity at the very beginning of the show, before the police officers come and get her, she's doing some stuff on a computer. She's actually running Nmap, which is a which is a, a, a network scanning protocol, and I've ran that too. You can run Nmap against, uh, and it goes out and checks all your clients. And um, there's a like blue IP port scanner. So a lot of times you get to a site and you you need to know what IP addresses are in use, and you can run that, and it basically checks every IP address that comes back. Okay. Well, then inside of Mr. Robot, though, there's they've shown Kali Linux. Um, wget, which is just a, I mean, I use wget. That's just a, a Linux command that will um, to make HTTP requests. So I can, instead of downloading a file from somewhere, I can actually do a wget and then grab the file that way. Okay, it, that's not 
super hacking tools. That's just a, another way of downloading a file. Shellshock, John, uh, John the Ripper. Um, there's one called Canvas Hacking. Uh, it's it's a uh, Canvas hacking has been around for a number of years, uh, and this was actually kind of what they did uh, after. This is how they got hold of the Jeep. Uh, remember the Jeep that they could control through the Sprint network that came out in the yes. news a while ago. Yes. Um, Bluetooth scanner, Blue Sniff, Metasploit, social engineering toolkit, uh, and so basically what this article goes through and it says, hey, look, Mr. Robot has some good technical um, aspects to it. The 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 premises of the gentleman is a hacker. Um, he kind of varies the line between white hat and black hat. He works for a white hat company. They're security researchers. So uh, watch the rest of the watch the show to find out some more about that. Um, but what they wanted to do was point out the fact that it has it's not very common that you see shows that are true to computers. And this is for any computers. I think we've all have seen. Um, I think it's CSI where two people they need to crack yeah. something, and so two people jump on the same keyboard and they're typing commands. Right. Um, or, 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 or every image they have could be blown up 500 times. Right. And, 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 and the detail actually uh, improves. Right. So then we end up getting calls from our customers like, well, why can't you do that? They can do it on the TV show. Well, sure. That's because, you know, I, you know, I, I remember doing a video I, <laughs> when I – every year at this one job, we had, a, we had a, a, uh, an in-service. And one of the things about the in-service that they wanted the technology team to do was – to um, we presented a, a skit regarding downloading malware um, and infections and actually using things like pop-up blockers and stuff. And so it was my job. We had another gentleman doing the video editing, but I had to come up with all the screenshots and actually put it in a video. And actually, so what we did is as this user was typing on their keyboard, what was playing was a video, and she just happened to be typing certain things at the same time. And she was fast enough typing, and she was she actually is an author, so she could type out words, and and it would show up on the screen at the same time. So when you saw the video, it looked like it was in real life, but all it was was me okay. overlaying pop-ups and 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 then anima animating the pop-ups to show up at certain times within sure. the video. They do the same thing in TVs, right? They just they just automate that. So things like two people sitting down at the same keyboard typing and trying to hack hack something that's not real. This goes on to talk about how you know, uh, Mr. Robot is a little more legit, uh, and they're actually using tools that you would see in the wild. So, okay, very cool. I used to use a program called Backtrack, uh, Backtrack Three, and uh -huh. just to learn stuff. And um, I, I cracked my wireless uh, router. It was uh, an older router. Just did, just did B. It's how old it was. I put an easy password in here, and I wanted to see if I could follow the, follow the directions. And um, I did. It took me once I got everything set up. It probably took like twenty minutes. I put an easy password in there. But uh, they, and, and they have of the, some of those tools that you just mentioned in there. Yeah. Right. And most of that twenty minutes was because when the older standard is probably WEP. Um, and it was so WEP. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It so was and, easier. And the, and, the, and the reason was is because you had to have so many unique IDs. And in in WEP, the the reason why WEP is so insecure these days is because what would happen is. Mitch, you and I have a password, and the password's going to be Geeksters, okay? And so you're a router, I'm a laptop. And so you have the password, I connect, I join it. And so to, to authenticate against that, we can actually communicate. I'm going to send you GE, and you're going to say, oh, that match is good. I'm going to send you EK, or I'm going to send you ST, and you're going to send me ER, and I'm going to send you an S, and you're going to send me an S. And so what happens is now we can communicate because technically we're, we're, we're authenticating using the same stuff. Well, it only takes so much of the – only take now I may send the same thing back to you, GE again. You may say, Yes, that's correct. But 
all that does is if somebody were to, if Tim were to overhear our conversation, eventually he would write down all of these numbers, and then in an anagram he would realize that we're actually saying the word geeksters. Well, right? I could. Right. Well, and that's how. Then, then what you do is that once you have that, and it takes about a right. million of those, then all it does is take Tim. You know, Tim being a supercomputer, it takes him a couple seconds to actually crack the password, to crack the WEP password. So that's and and I've done the same thing, and that's why WEP is so insecure because you're actually sending chunks of the password. Well, then they switch to WPA two. And what that is is now we both know the word geeksters, but now what's encrypted. So I'm sending you encryption, and you're sending me encryption. So yes, technically, theoretically, they've shown that you can crack WPA2, and it creates a big fear and uncertainty, and everybody freaks out about how Web2 or WPA2 can be cracked. But it takes much, much longer because now you have to crack the encryption. It's not only you have to wait for the the unique IDs, but then once you get the IDs, you have to crack that encryption. And uh, and so. That is one of the reasons why WYWEP is so insecure. And then you have WPS, which is that one-touch thing, and that just sends you the whole key no matter what. Um, but BlackTrack is no longer available. It's now switched over to Kali Linux. and so Yeah, I see it's not supported anymore. Yeah. Right, and Kali Linux just came out with version 2, if I remember correctly. And that's the – Kali Linux is the, is the uh, you know, the penetration testing um, – Distribution and and I don't know a lot about this stuff. Um, I would love to learn and and maybe this is something if we have listeners who have used Kali Linux, um, and and do some of this stuff maybe as a as a profession, um, maybe on the side. I know that we I know that we hang out in the Podness community. We've got some people who use this and we should bring them on because this is something that I would like to learn more about. Um, this is something that interests me. I think uh, a lot of a lot of listeners are interested in kind of the 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 black hat white hat type stuff and. Um, so if any of our listeners want to talk about this, have any have any questions or, you know, would like to share their knowledge about it. I know I know personally, I would love to have you on and to to have you talk about it and just what you do with it and, you know, now we have to also say that please don't Mitch, you tested it on your own machines. Oh, this is not something you can go do on your neighbors. That's illegal. Years ago. Well, he's open anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, but but it, I mean, if I was to test this against my own home, I would test it against my own home. That's that's perfectly legal. My next door neighbor has a wireless router. I cannot test it against his. No, that's I never, illegal. I never did anything. Just nothing, nothing well, like that. I know, but since we're talking about it, I wanted to mention it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been a long time, and I need to. You know, I haven't even messed with Linux hardly at all, and I need to get back into it. Well, it's just a distro. You can live boot from it, um, so you can uh, post you can that in the show notes. Because I'm not spelling it right for whatever reason, because K- I can't spell. Cali. Yeah. K A L I. Oh, I was using C. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know what I'll be doing this weekend. I mean, very good. <laughs> You're not coming over to my neighborhood, right? Nah, I'm not gonna. Oh, good. I don't want you cracking my security code. It's pretty. It's it's. Uh, the fist would come out. Knit fists of fury. Um, you did ask if I uh, was watching that, and I haven't. However, real quickly, I I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Last night, uh, I watched a couple of Peter Fonda movies again. I I just and I just if you're not familiar with the man or if you know him, if you just want to see a couple really really good films. Um, and these back to back were were fantastic. Um, watch Twelve Angry Men, and then watch uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, and uh, just the the, uh, the the juxtaposition of the two two movies. Uh, 
is was was fascinating. But really, it's just it, it, some amazing work by him. Uh, just amazing scripts. I've watched a lot of really bad movies in the last couple of weeks, so to rewatch those and then to remember just how good they were, and then and then uh, compare and contrast them against each other. Those are a couple amazing films, especially Once Upon a Time in the West. That was a, a Sergio Leone movie. Uh, Peter Fonda. I'm sorry, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda, I'm sorry. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. 12, 12 Angry Men was Henry Fonda. Yeah. Uh, so you're Fonda. talking about Henry Fonda, yeah. not Peter Fonda. His father. Yeah, the yeah, father. Henry Fonda did like... Um, on Golden Pond. On Golden Pond and the one with Catherine Hepburn down on the river, right? Uh, that was Henry Bogart. No, oh. no, 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 no. You're oh. right. No, that is that that is on Golden Cribbing Pond. The that is something. yeah. Ca- I think Catherine Hepburn. The African, the African Queen was was uh, Catherine Hepburn and, and Humphrey Bogart. Bogart. Yeah. Oh, that's the right. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but yeah, I've, the uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Once again, Sergio Leone movie. It's uh, it, it, it's it's just it's it's truly a masterpiece. So Henry Fonda and uh, Charles Bronson. Oh, very nice. But yeah, that's that is what I watched recently, and I just really. Uh, Really, really enjoy those again. So, if if anybody needs a couple movie picks, um, there you go. Speaking of the, if I may, uh, if you talk about movies real quick, um, a tech movie um, I mentioned to you before the show. It was called Unfriended. It's a horror movie, but what I like was <laughs> that clowns. No, what I liked about oh, the okay. whole, I'll watch it then. The whole movie took place in a Skype hangout, a Skype oh, conference call, and Facebook. Oh. Yeah, isn't that what, isn't that I mean unfriended? Isn't that just Geeksters? <laughs> ah, yeah, it's a horror movie. This is this is a horror movie. Um, not to, I I can just I wouldn't I wouldn't say horror movie as much as Trainwreck. No, well, the, the, maybe you might not like the movie. I liked it because it was accurate. I mean, you had Facebook in there, you had Skype in there, and there was some other programs. Uh, basically, this girl was insulted. Her videotape got. She wasn't insulted. She got uh, embarrassed, and she got videotaped, and they put it on YouTube, and she she committed suicide. And she comes back as a, you know, like they're in a hangout, and there's this other, like, four or five people in this hangout, and there's somebody else in the hangout. They don't know who it is, and, and this girl's deceased. She's getting messages on Facebook, and, and it's all in the viewpoint of this girl that's in this hangout. It, and I thought it was really, I mean, my wife, she couldn't stand it, but I, I mean... <laughs> I got into it because of the accuracy. Maybe not the content wasn't all that great, but it was it was interesting. Well, I'd watch it. Yeah. So I'll I'll give my movie pick for. We should do this. We should have a movie pick of the week. Um, oh yeah. Okay. The so a while ago, my son had had wanted to go see this in the movie theater, and I dropped him off because I had no desire. I'm not a huge superhero movie like Spider-Man or like Super Superman, the original Superman. I'll watch those, the Batman, the new Batman yeah, ones. Yeah. I'll watch those, but I just can't get into all the Marvel. I'm just not a Marvel fan. And that's it's too much know. of a glutton right now. Yeah. And so we, my, we went to Redbox and we rented a movie for my daughter and then we rented a movie for my son and we rented a movie for my wife and I, and the movie I picked for my son, cause he had been talking about it. I wanted to watch it again was guardians of the galaxy. That and I, I, and I sat down with him and I thought, oh, okay, I'll watch this. And I had such a great time with that movie. I that movie's funny. So if you've never seen Guardian of the Galaxy, you don't have to know anything about it. I will watch it again. It actually it made me laugh and chuckle and I thought it was it well first off, the kids from the 80s. Uh he loves the 80s music. So the whole movie is all 80s music, which I dig. Um and then it's just funny. A lot of one-liners that I thought were really funny. 
Yeah, it was pretty. Chris Pratt, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. So if you've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy, that would be my movie pick. It's on Redbox. You can get it. You know, of course, it's out on video now. And uh, Also, I wanted to mention, this was interesting. I wanted to mention when we did last week's show, and I forgot all about it. About it. I, I follow um, Will Wheaton, who was what Wesley Crusher on Star Trek Generations. I follow him on Google+. Plus. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he uh, bricked his Nexus 6. And he was asking for help. And, you know, when he asked, he's getting hundreds of uh, replies. Okay. And he's responding back to everybody. It was it was really cool, I thought. And, I, I mean, I didn't respond. You know, I'm, I'm just reading everything. And he finally did get it. But it was really, really interesting. It just kind of humanizes, you know, people. And, and Right. He's asking he's, he's asking us, us lay folks, not movie stars, to help him out with a problem. <laughs> yeah, basically. Actually, he You're got like, it. He, he got it. Him, he figured it out himself. Actually, he got it. He got it right. But well, um, he just computer. But, and and real quick with all the bad stuff, like with the shooting in Virginia yesterday. Well, they had this uh, motorcycle ride. It, it started out in. And you might have. It might have come up your way. I don't know, Tim. It started out in Indiana, and it wound up. It went through like Pennsylvania, Maryland yesterday. I'm coming home from work, and it's called the, the Legacy Riders. And they did do stuff for. Um, charity stuff for like sure. children of fallen soldiers, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know nothing about it, but evidently the, you know, I'm coming here, I get off three thirty, and I, I can take this bypass, you know, I go, go to bypass and I hit like three roundabouts and there's all these police there. What's going on? But I don't see no, nothing going on. I go and I go to this one, this underpass and there's flags over there. And um, then yeah. I go through his town, Manchester, right before to come to my town. And then it's all these motorcycles that are coming. Of course, then the state troopers, Maryland state troopers push you over. And it, it must have been, I think, 10 minutes standing there before, or, you know, before all the motorcycles went by. So it's really cool. So that's what it was. It was this legacy. I forgot the name of the thing, but it's, it's all this benefit thing. And it's just, it was really, it just makes you feel good, you know. Oh, Something yeah. like this happens. Yeah. Makes me want to get a motorcycle. I don't even, I want to get a Harley now. <laughs> oh, very cool. I mean, it, it wasn't just Harleys. It was everything. But Not me. If I'm getting a bike, it's for purely selfish reasons, and I ain't doing squat for nobody. <laughs> it, it would be a, it, it, well, it would, it would be a, have to be a Harley in my case. I was real close to buying a, buying a bike not too long ago, and still, still am. But I don't have uh, license. Well, I don't either, but I can go take the test and stuff. Well, I don't no, know I how. Unless they do, they have an automatic. I'm only kidding. I think <laughs> I, I think kidding. there are some automatic bikes, but they're the I, don't know. I think they're the more expensive, like the big Honda Goldwings and things like that. Most of my cars throughout my life, they've all been stick shift, except for my last three, I think. Yeah, you that's need what I'm looking a at. Two wheeled fork truck. Um, <laughs> it's hard yeah. to go at like seven miles per hour. No, no two wheels. I should do a video. For, I should do a video for you guys and play it on here. I might get in trouble with work. I better not. <laughs> All right. Um, so a couple things that I've been doing uh, is so we had some. I had three email migrations last Friday. Moved two clients over to Hosted Exchange. That was. Uh, that I thought was that was good. last night. Oh, migration. Mm. I thought you said something else. Migra- no, no, no. You said migraine. No, no, no. Sorry, not migraines. I'm, I'm, um, and then. One of my clients that this is the client who uh, I've just I've struggled with in the past. Who I've had had, had this is the client I've had had a heart to heart talk with about you know kind of growing up and um, he was he was gone for a while. We moved over to over to some spam filtering. Uh, met with him yesterday 
you had to think about stereo yesterday and said this is the issues we're running into with this design this is an issue we're running with this design how do you want to do this and he said let's move to hosted exchange so in in less than two months after kind of having a heart to heart with this guy we've moved him from uh, just no antivirus or very limited antivirus to to manage antivirus moved him off a of pop server to hosted exchange um, yeah this this guy's moving along so that's going to be my that's tomorrow night moving another client to hosted exchange and so pretty cool. pretty excited about that sounds like Lisa. Yeah, and actually, I need to look at Lisa's video because I did see that. I had a client call me yesterday and says, what is Clutter? And I said, I have no idea. And apparently now Microsoft's new hosted exchange has this Clutter thing, and so I need to look at it. And Lisa does a video about how to get rid of it. Um, it's, it's okay, so remember when Google rolled out kind of, what was it, their way to, to filter stuff? You got non-important stuff in one folder and important stuff in another. Do you guys remember that? Um, yeah, vaguely. What was it called? Anyways, in, in, in Gmail, you could get your stuff. It would, it would auto-separate for you. Oh, this is important or this is not important. Well, Microsoft did that, and they called it clutter. And basically doing the same thing. This is clutter. This is not. But the problem is now Microsoft is choosing what's important and what's not important. And while that may work great, great if you're you know your own and you just have your own email, I think in a business that's not the best tool because now Microsoft is choosing based on just a mathematical algorithm what's important. Um, and in a business, really, probably... A lot of things are important, so I gotta. I need to look at her video, and I, um, I'll have a. I'll have to find it. But I think if you just, she just posted it. If you follow her on Google Plus, she she posted it about about it. Yeah, I'm looking at my important folder on my Gmail. <laughs> I don't. Right. I don't know how it determines. I'm not sure. I mean, do it, when I email you, did I do I get in there? Um, let me. See. I have, probably uh, not. Well, I haven't had broken. anything from you for a while, but door stuff is. Getting, I'm getting stuff from doors going in there. Oh well, that's then. That's probably working just fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, but I don't know what determines. So, um, so yeah, I've been just doing that. I ordered man, so earlier on. I asked if the dog was barking because FedEx has been delivering me stuff. So I have, I have three sites going live uh, probably within the next couple weeks, and I've I'm gonna have a, a warehouse downstairs. I'm gonna have to borrow a fork truck to move stuff around. Yeah. Um, so that's I mean that's exciting because these sites are. Uh, they're moving from locations. Uh, I'm doing one one school that's going to be all open mesh, uh, and this other site's actually moving. We're going to put a new router in. Uh, I've got a new deployment, so I've got a what I have downstairs. I have a monitor, keyboard, mouse, printer, computer, office. I think that's it coming down that one. I have two routers from two different sites. I've got eight um, things from open mesh coming in, plus cables, plus plus uh, enclosures that I got to dremel holes into. So. Uh, I'll be, I'll be busy. I'm looking forward to it. I did do one upgrade on my computer that I wanted to mention. Um, and just to uh, bring this out, so if you don't have Office or, or don't have the money to, to purchase Office, I've been using LibreOffice now for quite a while, and I've really enjoyed it. I've had no problems with it. It can open. It can save as. It can, you know, by default natively save as a PDF. It can open all different types of files and applications or, or, or extensions, including doc, docx, slxx, pptx, you know, all the new stuff from there. And then you can save it as a doc or xls. Well, they switched to version 5, and version 5 actually is much faster. Um, it actually, so the people did some did some testing with this. Um, and, and you, I mean, it's not hugely faster, but so like here, version 4, opening an ODT, which is the uh, their version of the LibreOffice standard, um, and it took about 12.5 seconds. Version 5 took about 10.4 seconds. So that doesn't seem like a lot, but that's 16% increase. Um, opening an ODC, which is a 
calculator, that's a that would be your Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. um, seven seconds down to 4.8 seconds. So um, it, it has some speeds. One of the issues I've run into, well, a couple things. Let me let me see why it's been better. Is it now has a lot of the fonts um, that are uh, it's improved their doc and RTF importing and exporting. So that's good. That's your exporting to uh, a docx or an xlsx. One of the issues that I've run into is this, um, and because I, like I said, I, I use uh, OpenOffice or LibreOffice a lot, is that I have all of my documents for clients uh, as a docx. I would open them up, and all of a sudden, a five-page document would become like nine pages. And all it was, if I scrolled down to the bottom, is I had all these pages of blank text. Now, if I highlighted it, nothing would highlight. So there wasn't actually any text there. It just like it was almost like the rendering was wrong. So I would then. So now what I'm having to do is save my and save my docx is back to an ODT, and then only saving as a PPT or only saving as a doc or a docx if I'm going to send it to somebody that has that that only can open it in Word. Um, they do mention they do mention that in here, and they say you know the, one of the things they do recommend in this document is that you really stick if you're going to use LibreOffice, then stick with the native the native um, style of LibreOffice, stay with their native, the saving as, um, and then only then if you need to send it to a client, then save it as a doc or a docx. And you can probably save it as a docx. There's, we, we've, I think we've moved past that transition phase where, where people were like, oh, well, especially Office 2007 to 10 where you had to get a, uh, a different, uh, you had to get a plugin that would allow you 2007 to see docx. It was just in read-only mode, and so now we've moved across that. So you can send things as a docx. And um, what I do though is, anytime I'm sending any documents to a client, and and I do this because I don't want my client to modify anything and to say, well, look, we got this document, and yours is different. Is that I will save it as a P, uh, PDF and then send it to my doc, my my clients. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, so that way they have a, they have got a copy of the documents. They have all my data. They have you know they have the, if I get hit by a bus they can they can pass off the data. But I send them as a uh, as a PDF. So I just want to mention that if you're using LibreOffice five is out. I like it. It works. It, I'm just seeing it, it's just it's a little bit snappier. Um, no problems with it. The only issue I have is that my docs are opening now. My docs are opening as a doc, which is fine. But then it adds these extra pages to the bottom. When I save it, it's fine. When I export as a PDF, it's fine. Those pages aren't there. It's just a little confusing for me. If I save it as an ODT instead of a doc, those extra pages go away. So yeah, sure. hmm. something, something, a hiccup you may run into. Now, I'm using Linux. I don't know if this is the same. I have not tried this in Windows to, to test that. I use, uh, I use Excel every day. I mean, religiously. Probably more so. Excel and Access. Probably don't mm -hmm. use Word too much, but those two I use quite a bit. But I'm right. not I'm not into just just formatting. I'm not into any of the calculation stuff. But you're not paying for it either. No, it's not work. I mean, no. I mean, but I'm, I'm saying, yeah. I, I, out of curiosity. I wonder what would happen if I try to open one of those because they have they do have calculations in some of it, uh, some of the Excel files. Or, I, I I've you know over the last many years that I've using because I've been using LibreOffice since I switched to Linux, so it's been three years. It's just gotten better and better. Right. Um. Any any of the calculations should move over. A lot of things that I'm not that I wasn't I was having issues originally were fonts. Fonts was a big problem, and right. that's because Microsoft owns certain fonts and, um, and they've been able to release those and, um, but yeah. I still write everything in Comic Sans. So now, still, now is OpenOffice not? <laughs> Is OpenOffice not supported at all anymore? Because I still, 
I still see that a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> open, That's open. Right. I try to sneak at it. There ain't no. I try to. I try to sneak it in. Oh, man, um, I tell you, hammer on the head for using that font. <laughs> That's you're no IT guy. Uh, open Office was originally oh, owned, if I'm correct, by Oracle and Sun. They kind of stalled on it. It sat around for a long time. Nobody did anything, and so people just took it and ran and created LibreOffice. So yeah, Open Office is still around. Uh, I just don't think it's it has the um, it has. I don't think it has the. the so so LibreOffice is the more supported one. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I get, get LibreOffices uh, LibreOffice updates quite often, and I I don't know what. Uh, right. You know, but if you're wanting to try LibreOffice, it is cross-platform. Um, right. You know, I've got I've got clients who have Macs who don't want to spend money for Office on a Mac, and they put LibreOffice on. You go to Ninite, and you can get both LibreOffice right. and OpenOffice there. Yeah, I'll put it on all the machines if I'm doing a cleanest. But me, I don't, I don't, I don't really use it up here. I, my, I do have Windows 10. I mean, Windows 10, Office 10 on my uh, my wife's PC. Right. I had a customer that we reloaded their system. They bought a new computer. I used Fabs to back all the stuff up, put it back. Um, loved it. Was so slick. And then um, I put LibreOffice on there, and they said, well, "Where's our Office?" I said, "You you didn't you didn't buy Office." Well, we had Office in the old machine, and they found the key card, and it was one of the it was a Dell Office install. Mm -hmm. So I said, "That Office is licensed to you know that Office is licensed to that particular machine, install yeah. of Dell because it's part of the it's part of the system. It's not it's part of the image." And I said, well, you could use LibreOffice. It's free. It does everything you need to do. And they're like, I don't know. I said, well, there's always the Office 365, what, $99 for a year, up to five computers. Uh, I mean, you end up, I mean, if you're going to have Office for more than two years, then you might as well just buy it, other than the fact that it only is, you know, it's 220 for the full version with Outlook. Um, I think it's one, 160, somewhere right around there for without Outlook. Um, if you don't need Outlook, then you can get by with a get by with a cheaper one. Don't they give you like isn't Word for free or something? I believe. Um, she needs she needed Excel. I'm not, yeah, she needed Excel yeah, specifically, yeah. and I don't they don't give you Excel for free. So no, no, I, no. I, I don't I haven't heard back from them. But I said you know just use try LibreOffice. It takes a while to get used to. It's different, and and you know that's been a big thing. Is a lot of people are just it's different. It's not Office. I I can't use it. Like, well, give it just just try it. You'll find that you know it's free. It updates and. You get it, you know, get a chance. Now, of course, if you have the money, enterprise environment, I always get them office. I buy them office. You mm -hmm. know, they buy office. But uh, I don't put them over to LibreOffice unless, you know, uh, like uh, this one client right now, uh, they didn't want to buy office for this third, the machine that they weren't sure they were going to have somebody there. They now do. They're running Thunderbird with LibreOffice. The problem is, is I'm moving them to Hosted Exchange. Hosted Exchange on Thunderbird doesn't work very well. We're going to have to have her switch over to the web. I think due to convenience, we're going to end up buying them office. Um, then there'll be one user using Office 2013 and the rest of them using Office 10. So we'll see how that goes. Because the user using Office 2013 is technically challenged. So I think that may cause more problems. And But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's all I wanted to bring. Well, that'll good do. show. That'll do. That'll do. All right, guys. Well, uh, Mitch, if you want to get a hold of us and... Uh, Tell us, give us some emails, some voicemails. Tell us what's right, what's wrong, why they like LibreOffice or they hate it. And or, here it is, you know, hey, maybe you do some penetration testing with Kali Linux and you want to come on the show and tell us how you uh, do and how you use your products and we'd like to, you know, learn from you. How can they do that? Email us. Very simple. At, at geeksters.podnuts.com And you can also send, also send us your voicemails at 707-676-3688. Yeah, we need uh, we need them. Send them. Call us now. Right now. 
right now. If you're driving, pull over. No, don't do that. No, not if you're driving. Well, no, I said pull over. Yeah, okay. Safety. If you're sleeping, wake up. Right, if you're sleeping, wake up. If you're driving, pull over. If you're, if you're driving and sleeping, wake if you're up driving, and pull over. <laughs> That's right. If you're not doing anything, then why aren't you working? Gosh, grief. All right, <laughs> <laughs> Tim, if people want to call you uh, or well, I talk don't, to you. Don't call me, but I'm Tim Bauermeister on the G+. You find me there. All right, and Tim's been, you've been more active in the Google Plus lately. Have I? I think so you have. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I you know, I, it's not about quantity. I don't sling a ton of stuff up there, so if I find something I like, I throw it up there. And it's 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 kind of like the show. It's not necessarily computer-related. If I just see something I like, I stick it up there. <laughs> if you see something, say something. That's it. Sorry. Uh, I'm uh, Martin at ObandoComputing.com. I'm Mobando Google Plus. I'm Obando Computing in the, in the chat. Um, again, if you want to know when the show, like today, we are actually, we got a chance to record just a little bit earlier. Um, follow me at Mobando. I have a lot of people following my Obando Computing in Google+. Plus. I don't really do much there, um, but you can follow me. I have an Obando Computing Twitter. I have an Mobando Twitter. Um, generally, I will post to all the social media at the same time um, just to find out. And one of the things I did do, if you want to look at my Twitter feed, if you go over to ObandoComputing.com, I put the new Twitter feed up on the left-hand side. I know, it's a shameless plug to my website, but check it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, of course, you can find all of our shows, including the ones where I sound like uh, Mr. Robot, all the way back to shows from Android App Addicts, Podnuts Daily, oh, my goodness, links for the rest of us, Call That Girl Show, some of the Nightwise shows at podnuts.com. Thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. Um, have a great, blessed week, and don't forget to be gruntled. See you next week. Bye, guys.